Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Nalalalai and welcome to the world in sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, the Fiji Sevens team hit the jackpot in Las Vegas. Oceania Tennis prepares for a busy year ahead. And the PNG Hunters get ready to dust off some cobwebs. But first, it's been another busy week for Samoan rugby. Last Monday, the head of the union's high-performance unit, Tuala Matthew Vaya, handed in his resignation, followed a day later by the CEO, Fred Amor. Amor says the timing is simply a coincidence, saying he wants a change and to return to his work as a lawyer. Just personal reason, I think it's time somebody else will take over. Oh, I think I've had my turn, time for somebody else. I'm pretty sure somebody will be recruited by the Samoa Rugby Union to carry on the work and uh, organise and, and prepare the team for the um, All Blacks match in the middle of the year and also the Rugby World Cup. By Friday, Faleo Mavainga Vincent Fapuliai was installed as interim CEO and Namalaulu Lama Idamea was named acting high-performance manager, adding to his role as Manu Samoa's technical advisor. The former Manu Samoa international, Faleo Mavainga, says the Samoa Rugby Union has listened and learned. The union has been taking everything on board and there was a committee that was set up to review the whole situation and the issues in the past have been sorted out with the players through the chairman. I don't want to talk too much about the past, but we've taken on lessons learned from the past. We like to turn a new page and start fresh, but the challenges that from the past are still being you know, looked at and we're addressing all the issues as we go along. One of the reasons why the uh, rugby union has not appointed a full-time CEO was so much on their plate this year, and uh, we like to give priority to the preparations of the team against the All Blacks and also the World Cup. The union are not going to rush into anything and make sudden decision to appoint somebody there for now until uh, they've uh, really screened somebody either from overseas or locally to take over the uh, position of uh, CEO. You've got that background as a player with rugby and sports administration. Have you had any involvement with the Samoan Rugby Union over the last few years or has it just been with the Sevens and, and your other ventures? Ever since I finished rugby, I've been involved with our Mary Sports Club. I've been a tournament director for uh, Mary St. Joseph's International Sevens for 12 years. Sort of stepped back a bit and uh, took over other responsibilities as well with the uh, Samoan Open Golf. So... Uh, but I still haven't completely left out rugby as a whole. It's still my passion. The board of the union saw that I was the right person to come in at this stage in time to try and facilitate this busy year of the union. I don't have any direct involvement with the union as such, but as a player and uh, somebody within the, the corporate community, I've had some idea of what's happening over here and it's given me good stead to uh, make some changes and, and move forward. There has been a lot of criticism, be it within Samoa or outside of Samoa. Obviously, the players and a lot of ex-players have come out and put their two cents in, I guess, as to what they think some of the issues are at the SAU. As somebody who's been, I guess, slightly outside, do you have a view on that? And, I mean, obviously, you're in charge now, so anything that does come up is, is your responsibility. 
That's right. I'm quite aware of all the uh, the issues that uh, the players have raised and also what's been gone through the media. I'm hopefully being here to try and address those issues and uh, make changes and to try and win back the confidence of our people and the country as a whole and uh, to try and make Mansa more where it was a few years ago. Do you understand the confusion, though, where at the start of this interview you said that the chairman has publicly said, as he has, that the matter with the players has been resolved and, and that you're, you want to move forward and, and not look back on the past. But here you are also acknowledging that there are still some issues to work through. So how can it be resolved when there well, are still issues uh, to work through? The issues I'm talking about, the lessons learned from what's been happening in the past, uh, we'll try and resolve it through as we move forward. So uh, the matter has been dealt with past. I'm somebody new into the union and I would like to see there are more obstacles facing me forward than looking back so uh, the lessons that I've learned looking from the outside, uh, we'll try and uh, address them as we go along. But there are more uh, tentative issues that uh, need to be addressed looking forward and looking back. And I'm not totally forgetting what the lapses that we've had in the past to try and correct them. Because whilst the chairman has said that the issue has been resolved in the past, no player has come out and agreed with that. And speaking with the Players Association, they still believe that there are matters that have not been dealt with and that they are still in negotiations uh, with the union. There's a, a committee that's been set up by the union that's been chaired independently to review all the issues of the tour, basically with regards to the operations of the union, how matters are being handled. They will report back to the union and to the board of Samoa Rugby Union and see what lessons that we've learned from there. So we haven't sat back and totally ignored the, the, the players' grievances or anything like that. The matter is part of the agenda as we move forward. Hopefully, uh, it will be revealed how changes will be made and uh, in moving forward to try and comply with uh, World Rugby and expectations of what a uh, professional organisation should be. My performance will be judged on how I perform over the next six or so months, I guess. That's the acting CEO of the Samoa Rugby Union, Faliomar Vaienga Vincent Fapuliai. Meanwhile, the SIU has renewed its commitment to implement governance, management and financial reforms following talks with the sport's governing body, World Rugby. The talks in Apia between union officials and a World Rugby delegation followed initial discussions between the SIU chairman and Samoa Prime Minister, Tui Lepa Salele Malialinga Oi, and World Rugby's chairman at Bernard Lapisay in Europe in December. A committee made up of SIU, World Rugby and independent representatives will oversee the reforms. A draft discussion protocol tabled by the Pacific Island Players Association is also being considered by the SRU following the dispute between the union and Manu Samoa players at the end of last year. World Rugby's Head of Development and International Relations, David Carragy, says the meetings were highly constructive and that they are pleased with the SRU's full commitment to reform. Fiji are a step closer to Olympic qualification following their dominant victory at the Las Vegas Sevens this week. The Pacific Islanders completed an unbeaten three days with a clinical 35-19 demolition of New Zealand in the cup final, their second win over the defending series champs in as many days. The All Blacks Sevens captain Scott Curry says their squad will be better for the experience. For the future of our team, it bodes really well. Getting chucked in the deep end, I guess, for those young guys and, and playing the final in Wellington and winning that and then uh, backing it up with a good performance here in Las Vegas and obviously we sort of stumbled on the last hurdle, but um, yeah, it'll definitely do them good in the long term. Fiji remain in third place in the overall standings with 86 points, now just seven behind leaders South Africa and two adrift of New Zealand with four rounds remaining. 
Australia beat England in the plate final to retain the fourth and final qualification spot for Rio 2016. Meanwhile, Samoa's struggles continued, with the Manu beaten by Kenya in the bowl semi-finals. Debout out of the tournament with just two wins from five games, slipping to 10th in the overall standings. The USA League is the fourth successive tournament Samoa have failed to make the Cup quarterfinals. The next World Sevens League is in Hong Kong next month. Oceania Tennis is in for a bumper year with the region to enter Junior Fed and Davis Cup teams in 2015 alongside their senior counterparts. The region has been active in the Men's Davis Cup since 1995 and announced last year they would return to the Fed Cup competition in 2015. The Vice President of the Oceania Tennis Federation, Cyril Mangi, says it's going to be a busy period ahead. 2015 is also a big year because we have the Pacific Games. Uh, Pacific Games are are being held in Port Moresby from the 4th to the 18th of July. And therefore, we are really hoping that uh, you know it's going to be a, an excellent uh, senior tournament for all our Oceania island countries. Is that just a standalone tournament for the men and women? Is there anything coming out of that? Does it qualify for anything? Obviously, you get medals out of it, but is there, is there any ranking points or anything like that from it? The thing is, is, uh, is to be the best in the Pacific. You know, So the, the medal tally is really something that all the countries are going to go for. Uh, and of course, like Nicholas and Godrella from New Caledonia, uh, you know, defending champion in singles, uh, in the men's singles will be good. But there's no real, um, like qualifications or something to another event. But, but all the results from the Pacific Games do actually help for the selections of the Fed Cup and Davis Cup teams. You know, so any results that we have, not being able to have, uh, qualification tournaments, uh, during the year because it's very uh, costly. Any results that we have in, in various tournaments do affect the, the, the selections of the two teams. And to have a Fed and Davis Cup team uh, in the same year at the same time is quite significant. You've obviously had a Davis Cup team for a while and you've been the captain of that team in, in recent years uh, and I guess they've struggled uh, in, in recent times and there's been a lot of debate especially about bringing the Fed Cup team back in with uh, you know some of the talent you have with the Teddy Apisars from PNG, with Steffi Carruthers from Samoa, among others, yep. um, and how strong uh, you know that team could be, uh, yep. you know. But financially, it's always tough. So, how have you found a way to not only get both teams on board, but also get uh, a junior campaign going as well? Yeah, financially, I must admit it's it's, it's quite tough. Uh, luckily, uh, our president of OTF, Steve Healy from uh, Tennis Australia, did manage to get subsidies for our Fed Cup team because the Davis Cup team was originally budgeted for. Uh, even though it was sort of uh, mentioned that you know if the Davis Cup team uh, don't do good last year, that this year we, we may have to uh, to switch to the to the girls team. Uh, however, the boys finished in the I mean lost in the yeah, promotion match against Qatar last year, so so that was they were quite devastated. The girls. Uh, it's seems like we do have uh, you know a lot more girls coming up than the than the men the big debate that we had is also uh, a lot of our girls are actually at university in in the states at the moment uh, and the availability if it's early in the year most of them you know cannot participate because they have to play for their own uh, uh, schools or unis but in saying that Abigail is has now completed her degrees and she was actually part of the ATL team in Melbourne Steffi uh, from last uh, last I heard she was in South America uh, so we really, really hope that these two girls are, uh, I mean, they are rising stars in women at the moment. So we really, really hope that they, they'll be able to play for Oceania this year. And uh, what's the latest on uh, when those ties are going to be? Because there had been sort of dates penciled in sort of February and July, uh, but uh, it sounds like nothing's quite concrete yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we had received the... Uh, uh, 
uh, dates originally, and then that's been put on hold. So, yeah, originally was uh, at the end of February, and um, I think it's been moved and to be confirmed. And that's for Davis Cup and Fed Cup. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I mean, to be honest, I haven't received any other uh, confirmation. And is that likely to be the same sort of situation where a half a dozen or more teams are all in sort of one country playing together? Yes, yes, because, I mean, the girls, they're entering the Fed Cup, so they, they're in Group 3, and the boys are in Group 4, but it's a similar format. It's a one-week uh, round-robin, similar to what the, the, the Davis Cup played last year in group, in group 4. That's the Vice President of the Oceania Tennis Federation, Cyril Mangi. The captain of the Junior Davis and Fed Cup teams is the former Vanuatu representative, Andrew Mailtarok, who is now the head coach at the Pacific Oceania Regional Training Centre in La Torca. And last month, the ITF sent Andrew and his assistant Yanni Honila to attend a coaching conference in Melbourne during the Australian Open. We get to hear uh, from a lot of uh, great coaches uh, and uh, also uh, inspiring uh, speeches uh, uh, from uh, Nick Boletari. So uh, it was uh, it was a very good, uh, great experience for us. And also, uh, we got to. Uh, you know, watch all the pros, and we had access to uh, all the practice squads. So, uh, yeah, it was an eye-opening for us, and uh, we got uh, a lot of things out of it that we're going to put in our program and uh, hopefully uh, develop uh, our junior players here in the future. Players, you talk about the likes of Federer being, you know, one of the greats of the game when it comes to coaching and whatnot. You know, Nick Boletieri sort of comes straight to the top of the list, doesn't he? Yes, for sure. It was uh, it was an honour also to... Uh, to meet him and uh, have a, a couple of minutes to just chat with him is very uh, simple and basic coach. Uh, it was great. You know, what sort of advice can you get from somebody like that? Is, is, is it often just the little things or are there certain, you know, two or three things that you, that you manage to take out of a conversation or from the presentation that, that you can bring back to your students up in La Torca, you know, from around the region? What got me inspired about uh, Nick's uh, speech was, uh, you know, just to be, um, when you're teaching, to be simple. Uh, as possible, uh, you need to have the the heart and soul uh, whenever you're training any kids, and uh, I think put your mind into it, and always have big dreams and uh, big goals that you, uh, you will achieve it, and never say you can't. And uh, what what's the sort of talent like that you're working with uh, in La Torca? Obviously, in the Oceania region and the Pacific, it can be challenging at times to get, I guess, a lot of meaningful competition. You know, there's often a lot of raw talent around, but it's hard to get funding to certain events or, or, or whatnot, but uh, is there is there some good talent in the region coming through? The kids that we are working with are the best in the South Pacific. I would say probably in the top uh, uh, four or uh, top uh, six, under 16s and uh, under 14s. We always have that challenge that uh, we need more match plays, uh, the experience and the exposure just to be around a more professional uh, environment, to have a little bit more confidence themselves but I think the training wise we're uh, because of the coaching uh, conferences like uh, the Australian uh, coaches conference is going to help us a lot without without training in what uh, elite players or elite juniors or um, professional players are doing right now to get better and also we, with the help of uh, ITF and OTF they've increased our, our budget for um, more uh, traveling is there any sort of uh, events coming up for some of these uh, youngsters? Obviously, it's uh, summertime at the moment, a uh, good time to play some tennis. A couple of students have been chosen for um, the Fed Cup in Malaysia. That's a really big one um, for us to look forward to. Mulan Kamoi is just from Fiji, and we got a, a girl from uh, FSM, Tammy Ackerman, and then we have another girl from uh, Palau, um, Ayana Rangil. 
Yeah, we've got uh, three three girls that are, are ranked uh, in the in the juniors uh, in the ITF. So yeah, we're looking for a good fight. That's Andrew Maltarock, the head tennis coach at the Pacific Oceania Regional Training Centre. The Papua New Guinea Hunters Rugby League team move from the training ground to the footy field this weekend in their first and only trial match against the Ipswich Jets ahead of the new Queensland Cup season. The Hunters finished in sixth place during their inaugural campaign in 2014, narrowly missing out on the playoffs. Head coach Michael Maram has been preparing his players for close to three months and has had plenty of time to reflect. We sort of went away after the season. Most of the players got involved with the national team and that that straight into the Kumuls that played uh, two games, one against the Australian PM13 and one against Tonga. That was a test match in, uh, back in PNG. They went away for a few weeks, came back in. So, yeah, we've been in camp for the last uh, 11 weeks now. So. Last year, everything was new. You were new in the coaching job. All the players were new to the professional environment. You were coming up against teams that you'd never faced before, whereas now you've had this full pre-season. Uh, you, know, you know what you're getting yourself in for, uh, and, and obviously, I guess expectations are higher as well. Um, is, is it a different feeling going into season two? Yeah, season two is going to be tough again for us. Uh, yeah, we've, we've got some experience in our team now, so and that's a uh, bonus to our team. Even though we've, we've got most of the uh, players uh, that were retained from last season, we, we still have around about 13 new boys that have came into the side again, and uh, we also lost a few of our a good players at uh, the end of the season. So, yeah, but we've got bit more experience from where we, we were last year, so yeah. I guess that's part of it though, isn't it? Some of your top players, you want to see them progress and go to the NRL or go to the Super League or you know go to higher honours. I mean, that's that's part of the Hunters' goal, I guess, is development. That's right, yeah. And a uh, good thing that happened to us as well, but we sent two of our boys down to uh, Rebidus and they, they got back in yesterday and uh, after a six-week uh, train and uh, trial with them, so we're looking forward to working with them and for the experience that they've, they've gained. That's why Tovo and Thompson? Yeah, both of them uh, got back on uh, yeah, yesterday afternoon. They should join us on Wednesday before we fly out to uh, Brisbane to take on uh, the Jets on Saturday here. Yeah, so they, they've been named uh, in a, uh, the team as well off the bench here. Yeah. Was that a surprise for you, or do you think they can still, uh, you know, with a good season in 2015, do you think they're still capable of making that step up, you know, to that NRL sort of a level? Well, now they've, they've exposed themselves out there in the NRL scene, so and and, and all the other clubs probably be watching out for them uh, during the season too. So, but there were experiences that they're going to bring back to the team. It's going to be a bonus to all the other players. And, and so, uh, what are you hoping to get out of this game against Ipswich? It's your only pre-season fixture this year, so uh, obviously the boys won't be going into the season uh, overdone. Um, as you mentioned, there's some new faces in the team, some young guys that were a part of the Commonwealth uh, gold medal winners last year and, and obviously some experienced people as well. Uh, what, what are you hoping to get out of this weekend? We only have 19 players that uh, we can take and play uh, during this prime game. So all we're working for is just, just to uh, uh, work on the new combinations and see uh, who's going to start in two weeks' time against the uh, uh, South uh, Logan next place when we, when we play away again uh, from uh, PNG. But we just want to go in and work more bit on, on uh, some new half combinations we got there and some of the, the other uh, guys outside there. Yeah. That's the PNG Hunters coach, Michael Maram. And the Fiji Under-20 football team have made a losing start to their Asian tour, going down 1-0 against Myanmar in Mandalay. The only goal of the game was scored midway through the first half before a crowd of more than 20,000. The two teams will meet again on Thursday before Fiji move on to play further matches in Malaysia.
And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.